Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And boy, get that Faith Accelerator Challenge turned into me. If you've not done it yet, like you said, you should. I, I, I printed these, uh, all of your Faith Accelerator um, uh, statements and the things you're praying for. I print those out and I keep those with me. And I love it. I love it. So I'm praying for you on a daily basis. Also, uh, you know, as, as you're doing that, just keep, keep memorizing the scriptures. We're going to have a good time with it. But go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. And you're gonna, we're going to start at verse 26. Get it. Hold your place there. We're going to be reading through this text through this entire sermon. So don't don't, don't, just don't stray away from it at all, all right? I got something funny to tell you. I, uh, you know, sometimes things happen to you and you're thinking like, oh, why, you know, this is, this is such a drag. Why is this happening to me uh, today? I can't believe it. Well, the other day, it was a Monday morning. I, I'm, I'm going to, to the office and I get this flat. I, I, and, and I look at the flat, and I can see there's a chunk of metal in my tire. I mean, it's a chunk of metal. Well, that's not going to get fixed. You know, it, it's, I have to get the spare, put the whole spare on. So I unload all the stuff from my trunk and realize all these things that I'm carrying with me for some odd reason. I don't know. But I, I take them out, and, uh, and I, I'm ready to, and as, I, as I'm getting things out, I'm noticing, noticing things feel moist in my trunk. It just feels kind of moist back there. I, I, I don't know what that is. It's strange. It's weird. And setting stuff aside, and I lift up that little cover that covers up the, uh, the, the, the little well that, that you keep your uh, spare tire in. It's called a well for a reason, I found out. Because when I lifted it up, it was full of water, and that water had been splashing around the inside of my trunk. I can't believe it didn't get into the back seat of my car. And so and my, my, my spare is submerged in this water, and, and it's just like, what happened here? And so I, I, you know, I, I take the tire out, and, and you know, good thing the tire doesn't have to be nice and dry to put it on. So I get it, set it aside, go, and then I have to have to get it on, then you get the shop vac and go ahead and, and suck all that out. I think it, that was crazy, but actually I'm kind of glad I got the flat tire because who knows how long I would have been sitting around with water in my trunk, and then the next time it rains or go through the car wash, the water starts coming into the car. So, hey, so, you know, just because a little bump happens in the road doesn't necessarily mean that God's, like, uh, mad at you or, 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 or you did something wrong. Sometimes it's a clue that something else is going on that God wants you to discover. That's just, that's, that's free. That wasn't even part of the sermon today, okay? Today I'm talking about how to be a giant slayer. That's the title of today's message, how to be a giant slayer. Uh, I'm talking about dealing with this taunting giant that's in your life. I'm going to ask you to identify this early in this message today, and we're going to talk about moving in faith and how to take faith action. Uh, This is important. Faith is more than a state of mind. It's not just a thinking thing. It necessitates action. 
Now, before we get into this, uh, I want to review our theme scripture, what we're asking you to memorize. I'm going to ask you to put it guys up on the screen. And, and one of these days, it would be fun if, we, if we'll have like, I ought to do this next week, have little blanks in there for words that are important. And so to see if we can say it just, just as we continue memorizing. I, I got to remember to do that, all right? But let, let's do it today. I want you to read this aloud with me. I'm asking you, if you've taken the Faith Accelerator Challenge, I ask you to memorize this simple verse. There's two verses right here. And this is from Mark 11, 23 and 24. We're going to memorize this, learn it together, because when you are stuck in a situation where you don't know what to do, these words will come back to your mind. You won't have to look in the Bible for it. They'll come right back to your mind. All right, come on, let's say it together. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, what? Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Some of y'all weren't saying it with me, so we have to do it again. Start all over. Let's go back to the beginning. We've got to have some fun here, all right? Repetition, it works when you're repeating the right things. Yeah, right, right, right. Here we go. Come on, say it out loud with me. Just move your lips. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How many of you believe that? Hey, Jesus said that and Jesus don't lie. You know what? But, but quite often we still underestimate the power of God. We, we still, in our daily lives, we underestimate the power of faith. And that's what the Faith Accelerator Challenge is all about. It's about, it, it's, it's about putting your foot on the accelerator of faith and saying, I'm not staying right where I am. It's time we punch the accelerator and move forward to a whole new level of faith in our lives. And I believe now is the time for this. I was driving out in Interstate 20 in West Texas this week, went out to visit my mother and uh, spent some time out there. Had, we, had, we had a really good time. But I love it when you're in West Texas and you see the first of those signs of the accelerated speed limit the, when, you see, when you see it's 80. And then when you see that 80 mile per hour sign, some of you know what I'm talking about. If, if you're watching online from another state, sorry that you don't live in Texas because that's what we do here. As soon as you see that 80 sign, you know that everybody's going to be driving 90. It is, again, it is Texas. And, and so, so, and, and you've got to accelerate if you're going to survive out there. And I really believe that even with, with what we're all talking about right now in this world. You're, our faith needs to accelerate, not just to survive, but to thrive. So punch the accelerator, or you might get run over. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 says this. According to your faith, look at that. According to your faith, it will be done to you. So I like that. Leave that up there for a little bit. That implies various measures of faith. Do you see? Yeah, so, so there are various measures of faith. Uh, there can be great faith, average faith, there can be micro faith, and there can be no faith. So, so, so you know, 
looking at that, because it does speak of a range in there, I guess I could say, according to your great faith, great things will happen to you. I could also say, according to your average faith, some average things are going to happen to you. According to your micro faith, well, you know, micro things will happen to you. If you say, according to your no faith, then nothing's going to happen to you. See, that's a good scripture to mark and to memorize. It's good because according to your faith, it will be done to you. And today we're going to see how this actually works in the life of a man by the name, young man by the name of David. So today we're, I'm going to be teaching you through a part of 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is one of my top 10 favorite narratives in the Bible. And uh, the year was approximately 1000 BC in ancient Israel. And, uh, and, and at that time, Israel was the most powerful kingdom on the face of the earth. History itself tells us that. Israel's king at that time was Saul, and he had organized this great army, and he had organized the, the nation, and, and he was ready for anything that was, that was going to come up. And so when invading forces came along, he was able to mobilize this army. And uh, uh, and so that's one part of the story. But then you have this other individual by the name of David. Now, David was a teenager who lived out in the country. And, 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 uh, and he was 17 years old. He was the youngest of seven brothers. He had seven older brothers, which I, 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 I can, I, I've wondered why. Someone asked me the other day, why do you relate to that story so much? I said, well, I, I think it's because I'm the youngest of all my brothers. And, and so you, you, when you're the youngest, you learn a few things. You got you to gotta let stuff roll off of you. You also got to be a little bit scrappy. And, 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 and you, you just got to get out there and make some things happen because the big brothers are always there. They're always there. And, and, and they're not always there to think, it's going to be okay because big brothers just don't do that very often, do they? All right? So, so I kind of feel that. I kind of relate to David along that line and several others. But, but David, as far as the family business goes, his part of helping to operate the family business was to take care of the sheep, which would have been the most lowly of all the positions in the family as far as an occupation. Well, one day, uh, King Saul, he had called the army together, and uh, what had happened is there was this neighboring nation of Philistia, and so the people from there were called the Philistines, kind of like if you're from Fort Worth, you're called a Fort Worthian, right? Right? Yeah, okay. So the, the, the Philistines had come over into Israel, they'd come into their territory, and uh, they were going to make war against Israel. So, so uh David's three oldest brothers, they went on out there into the battle. David had to stay home and watch the sheep. And 40 days had gone by. I mean, almost a month and a half. And so they didn't know what was exactly going on in, in the battle. And, and, and so David's dad said, here, I want you to take some bread and some cheese to your brothers. Uh, you know, take them some food and come back and tell me what's, what's going on. I need, I'd, I'd like an update. Now we know that. That was, that was kind of nice because you put bread and cheese together, it makes what? Pizza, right? <laughs> so, so, so David, you know, he, David was a, not only a shepherd, but a pizza delivery guy. So, so this message is to those of you who might have the lowliest of jobs. You might be at the youngest in your family, and you might be delivering pizza. God's got good things for you. Don't you dare let anybody tell you any different. It could have been cheese sandwiches, I know, but I still think it was pizza. Okay, so when, when David got there, there was no battle happening. Nothing was going on. Uh, he just saw two armies on each side and, and a valley in the middle, and that was it. 
And, and, and so what was happening is the Philistines would send out this large giant by the name of Goliath. You've heard of him before, right? And he was nine feet tall, and he had all of this armor on, and, and he had the most impressive Bronze Age weaponry with him, and he was ready to go into battle. So two times a day, Goliath would come out down off the side of the, of the mountain, and, and he would start to walk into the valley, and he would taunt the people of Israel. He would tell them, he said, hey, whoever, send one person out, just one person out to fight me. And whoever kills the other person, their nation has to be subservient to the other nation. And so, and, and as he came out, day by day by day, I, I assume it just continued to get worse. He hurled insults at them and hatred and scorn and contempt and mockery. And then he started cursing the name of Jehovah God. Okay, you know, you start doing that, you're messing with, you, you don't mess with a Christian when you're doing that, all right? So as a result, what happened, though, is a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear came over the camp of the Israelites. Now, remember this, we learned last week, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and self-discipline. But they accepted the spirit of fear because this guy's way too scary. He's too big, he's too scary, and we don't like him. So what they did is when Goliath came out, they would literally go and hide. <laughs> they would hide. They, they would just, oh, no, here he comes again. He might get me. And they're, they're hiding. They're hiding out. Uh, well, David saw all this. When he saw this thing, he was not happy about it. And he decided at that time his faith was going to accelerate. He punched the faith accelerated because he was not wanting to stay where he was. No more status quo. And, 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 and this is important. See, David's discontent with just the status quo of what's going on from them and how everybody's hiding, how everybody's walking around in fear, it ignited his faith. And I, I want to challenge you as well that you need to get discontented with some situations in your life that are just kind of status quo. I mean, are you discontented with just merely surviving and making it till tomorrow? This message is designed to help you punch that accelerator and accelerate your faith and to bust out of the status quo. And I believe that's going to happen for a lot of people today because you're going to be able to face the giants in your life and you're going to fight the good fight, the good fight of faith. And I want to equip you. The Bible says I have a job to do. The Bible gives me my job description. It says I am to equip you to do ministry. And fighting fights of faith is ministry. I want you to become a giant slayer. So I've got some tips on how to do that based upon the word of God. Here, here's the first one. You need to stand firm and, and have faith that God really is on your side. Stand firm. He's not looking for perfection out of you because he knows that isn't going to happen. <laughs> but he is asking you to rely on him, to listen to him, and have faith in him. He is on your side. Get that. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. Uh, get that ready because, because it's time for us to dive into this. See, David was done with Israel's faithlessness. Take a look at it. 1 Samuel 17, 26. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, Goliath represents to us 
anything that is against God and against the people of God that, is, that, it, that it tries to beat us down and make us hide and make us small. And, and keep this in mind. Goliath and the Philistine army walked into, they stepped into the territory of Israel. And there's some stuff that has stepped into your home and possibly your business and your life, and it's time to deal with those Goliaths. And, 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 and he not only walked in, but he set up a platform. And from that platform, he mocked God constantly. So what's your Goliath? What is it? What is your Goliath? What is... What is mocking your faith in God? Honestly, because that's ultimately what it comes to. God can't do that. God can't, God can't, God can't. What is your Goliath? Get it in your heart and in your mind. This, this, this message will be clear when you begin to get this in your heart and your mind. I mean, what is attempting to make you feel small and intimidated and sig- insignificant and make you feel weak and vulnerable and threatened? Uh, are they physical issues, financial challenges, occupational issues, relational problems? Is it a habit or an addiction that, that has hold on you or a secret lifestyle? Whatever it is, that is your Goliath, and it's time to take him down. You need to stand firm in your faith, believing that there is one who is bigger than that Goliath. And you probably already believe that, but you've not yet taken action on it. And think about this. If the God who created the universe is on your side, then why are you just kind of moping around like, well, this is just the way it has to be? No. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 7, verse 9. Here's a good faith scripture. It says this. It says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. That is a message for this day. That is a message for now. So stop trying. Right, you know, look at that. Stop trying to just stand on your own. Because your feet will get tired. Your knees are going to get wobbly. You are not designed to face the giant on your own. So stop acting like you can. You can't do it any more than the young shepherd David was designed to deal with. He was, I mean, he was a little guy. He was, he was 17 years old. He was not designed to face this massive armored tank thug Goliath. But he had faith. God, God wants to give you that faith and God wants you to walk in that faith. So you gotta stand firm in your faith, not in your own strength, guys. Because if you don't stand firm in your faith, you can't stand at all. And, and you have to stand firm regarding what you can't see yet or what hasn't happened yet. I'm going to stand firm because I believe this. Well, it hasn't happened. You need some evidence it's going to happen. No, because faith has nothing to do with the evidence. I mean, it has nothing to do with what you see going on on around you. Faith means I believe that God is going to do this. And that's that's where you stand. That's where you stand. The Bible says if you can't have faith like this over something that hasn't yet transpired, then you're not going to be able to stand at all. Stand, stand. The Apostle Paul used those words. He said, stand firm. Oh, this is good right here. He said, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Some of you need that right now for the situation. You need. Let nothing move you. And then he says, right in that same statement, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Those things go together. See, faith needs to be accompanied by a lifestyle of abandonment to the cause of Christ. And that actually accelerates your faith even more. 
So you should give fully to the work of the Lord here in your church, on your cultural street, in the community. Punch the faith accelerator when you walk out onto the street on Monday morning. Do the work of the Lord. So the challenge today is for you to become a giant slayer. And here's another, here's another tip that, for you to take. Not just tip. These, are, these, these work. These things work. Don't allow any type of negative, critical voices to stop you. You know, we call those the grouch pouches around here. Don't, be a, don't let a grouch pouch get you down. No, absolutely not. You're, you're, you're not going to do that. Right? Right? You're going to stand up, and you're going to position yourself against that giant of of negativity, that that grouchy, demeaning, selfless, uh, faithless, angry spirit that's out there, or even people who embody that. And and, and, and you're you're not going to sit down. You're going to stand up against that. But here's the key. You cannot allow their negative, critical attitudes to suck you into this vortex of, of, oh, no, oh, no, the world is going to fall on me. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you start acting negative and critical and grouchy yourself. Hey, here's a, here's a little hint here. If, you're, if you feel like you're continually acting negative, critical, and grouchy, it's probably because you're hanging around some people listening to negative, critical, grouchy people. You've taken on their ways and you need to stop it right now. Just stop it. Just stop it. Stop the nonsense. Stop the nonsense. And, and pull yourself up and say, you can be, selfish, you can be ne- negative, critical, and grouchy. Go ahead and be a grouch pouch, but I ain't I'm walking around with this stuff. I, I, you move forward. Look, look at this in verse 28. When Eliab... David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men. He was see, he wasn't even talking with his brothers. He was talking with the other guys. He knew better than talk to his brothers. Look at this. He burned with anger at him. Can you see how the anger was aroused? And he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. I know how wicked your heart is. And you've come down only to watch the battle. <laughs> Whoa! Critical negative voices are designed to quench your faith. And in David's case, it was actually his older brother. And truth of us, most of us have some type of an older brother type of person. It may not necessarily be your older brother physically from your family, but this older brother type who just loves to tell you how hopeless and insignificant you are, how you need to mind your own business, how you've just got a big ego problem, and sometimes they're the voices that are just going on in your head. And, and you know what? This type of person and that kind of spirit, spirit, it will burn with anger, and I think that's one of the keys to recognizing that spirit is because it burns with anger against you because you have the audacity to at least stand up in faith. See, see uh, this faith-quenching type of person, they're going to ask foolish questions of you. They're going to belittle you. And they're going to even maybe even tell you that you're conceited and, and that you, who do you think that God can do anything through you? Who do you think you are? And they'll, 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 they'll point out your flaws. And they'll call you wicked for, you know, oh, yeah, I did break the speed limit yesterday. I went 81. Okay, so, so they're going to point that out. See, see, you're wicked, you're evil. Look at you, look at you, look at you. What are your problems? You think God, and, and they'll, they'll say things to you They'll even make you hurt. They'll say stuff to you. A lot of times it's a person. A lot of times it's the own words that are actually in your head. And, and, and it is painful, especially when it comes from someone you respect. But let's take a look at verse 33, because it didn't end with the big brother. The king himself criticized David's faith. Saul replied, verse 33, you are not able When the king declares something, you are not able 
to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he's been a warrior from his youth. That's a contrast right there. Look, look at you compared to this. Who do you think you are? You can't stand up against this. You can't do this. You're not experienced enough. You're not smart enough. You didn't go to school long enough. Mark my word, anytime you stand up in faith with, 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 bold, with, with bold substance, there will be people with more clout who will criticize you, scorn you, berate you, and they will even tell you that you don't have the proper credentials, you don't have the right degree, you don't have the right training to stand up against this. And, and, and that's, but again, the way to recognize it is, is it belittles. It belittles. And it's angry. There, there is a balance to this. And there's, there's a very important balance, and I want you to hear this. Not everyone who says, well, let's talk about this. That, that doesn't mean that everybody is that older brother or that critical spirit. Because God will also provide people around you who will speak godly wisdom into your life. That's the importance of fellowship. That's the importance of us being together. And, and, and these are people who will have discernment. They'll be able to discern. And then you also have to have discernment to determine, uh, is, there, was, is this a critical spirit that is sent to quench my faith, or is this a word of wisdom? You know, King Solomon, which is David's own son, he said this in Proverbs 15, 31. He says, he who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. So keep it in balance, and don't allow these negative attitudes to overtake you. Now, okay, we're being equipped to be a giant slayer. Here's the next one. If you want to do this, do this. Talk about God's power in your past. Talk about what God has already done. Oh, John, you didn't even know my message today, and you were up here doing that earlier, praying and thanking God for what he's done in the past. That is critical for faith. That's critical for faith. I want you to talk about it. Not, not just, any, I mean, in a prayer, yes, but even talk about it. Tell people about it. See, that's, that's actually called a testimony. That's, that's what it is right there. You testify of what God has done. You begin talking about what the Lord has done in the past, and then what happens is, is as we begin to verbally declare the miracles of the past, it accelerates our faith. I believe it is a critical step to becoming a giant slayer. Now let's look at verse 34. Here's how David responds to Saul. He says this, but David said to Saul, I love it when the, when the, the Bible uses that word, but, <laughs> see, that, that's where you need to be right there. You need to be right there. But David said to Saul, your servant, oh, I like that, humility. After he just said all that stuff to him, he's still humble. Okay, that's cool. That's for somebody in here right now. See, being a giant slayer doesn't mean you're cocky. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Now, here he begins to testify. Look at this. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, uh-oh. How many of you guys have ever had a lion or a bear turn on you? No, no. I mean, I, I've had like a snake and a bobcat, but, you know, that's about all we have here in Texas, all right? Now, here we go. Look at, look at this. He says, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Why? Because he has defied the armies of the living God. This is mockery of God. 
You need to speak your testimony out loud because it's going to encourage you and it will accelerate your faith to those around you as well. Your testimony is the story of how God has intervened in situations in your past and he has rescued you. He's lifted you. He's taken you to a new place. Don't underestimate the power of that testimony of what God's done in your past. And it worked for David. Because the king backs away a little bit. Okay, all right, all right. See, it, it even accelerated the king's face yeah, a tiny bit. But let, let's keep, keep going on here. Because if you're going to become a giant slayer you, slayer, you also need to talk about God's power in your future. Now, hold on here for a second. You said, wait, how can I talk about God's power in my future? Because it hadn't happened yet. The future is the future. How, how do I know what's going to happen? Okay, come on, you're a Christian. <laughs> First of all, you know that you're going to be in eternity. That's, God, that's God's power. But God also... God also says that he has given you life and life to the full, not just in eternity, but on this earth as well. So talk about the future miracles that are on your way. This is where you begin to break through into a whole new level. Start talking about the future miracles. Got to get it out of your mouth. Talk about the future miracles that are coming your way because what God did then, he can do again and he can do it greater. Look at verse number 37. Come on. This says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me, future tense, from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. You see, you can't deny that kind of faith. You can, there, there's nothing else you can do. So the same God who's brought the miracles in the past, who has rescued you, first of all, you say, well, I don't know of a bunch of miracles. He has rescued you from an eternity in hell. That right there is the biggest miracle you will ever, ever have. And some, some of you, God has rescued you from, from addictions and God has healed you and God has restored broken places in your life. Think of the miracle. Proclaim the miracle and say, and God's going to do it again and he's going to do it greater. Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. says, I know the plans I have for you, for you, for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope, hope, hope. And future, God cares about the future. We begin to declare it. Expect God to act according to your faith. But if you're going to be a giant slayer, you need to also remember this principle right here. Get this down. Don't complicate the strategy. <laughs> Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Far too often we, we become fearful and then we resort to all these complex methods and solutions that maybe others have forced upon you. <clears throat> That's actually what Saul tried to do with David. He, uh, he, he, he said, well, this is, this is what you're going to have to do. And David tried it out. Well, it didn't work. Well, look at this in verse 38. He says, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around <laughs> because he was not used to them. So he's like, okay, you know, I cannot go in these. I mean, I, I remember like... Rebecca took me to a store and she had me go in those little closets and put on some clothes and says, says yeah, we've got to try these on. I, I can't walk in these. I, I, this isn't going to work for me. And, and I said, yes, it will. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, I, you know, of course I went out because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And, and that's, that is all, that's how, that's how you have to do sometimes. This isn't going to work for me. All right. He says, I cannot go in these. And you know what? I also respect David because of his humility to at least say, okay, let's, let's take a look at this. He didn't discount Saul altogether. So he took them off. 
Then he took his staff in his hand, a stick, (laughs) chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with a sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now, I, I have to look back at what Saul did. I think Saul's intentions were good, but... If David would have followed through, the strategy would have been too weighty and too complex and too difficult, and the end result may have turned out much, much more difficult. I mean, can you imagine David with his sling and all the armory? I mean, he would probably hit, hit himself in the head. I mean, who, that, that, that would have turned out backwards. You see, David would have been too burdened down and weary and too encumbered. But So what David did is he went out with the basics of what he knew. Okay, this is important here because he knew his skills. All right? He knew his skills. See, I've got this skill, and I've got this skill, and I've got this skill. He took a stick, he took his, his uh, sling, and he had five smooth stones. Now, you, you guys know how the story ends. He doesn't, like, shoot stone after stone after stone, finally get to stone number five, it kills him. No, he just did, did the one. It's also said that David <coughs> picked five. We don't know this, but some say David picked five because Goliath had four brothers who were big giants, too. <laughs> And we find out later, keep reading the story on your own, but he ends up getting those guys too. Not with a, not with a sling, but it's a good story. But so he took them off and he, he, he got rid of all this stuff. He, he didn't want to be encumbered with this and he used his simple tools for warfare. Again, his skills, his abilities, his intellect, his trade, and he used that against the enemy. But see, what happens is God anoints what you're already skilled with. That's what we're about to see here. Again, remember this, Matthew 9, 29. We said this at the very beginning. According to your faith, it will be done to you. So it's not according to your doctor. It's not according to your bank account. It's not according to your retirement plan. It's not according to the boss. And trust me, it's not even according to the United States government. But it is according to your faith. And when you engage in that simple faith, it will be done to you. But the battle's not over yet. (laughs) You've got to keep going. And this is where the action plays in. Because the truth is, when the enemy sees how puny you are compared to how he looks, you're you're still going to get scorned. I mean, the most challenging thing is still ahead. You're going to get scorned. So if you're going to be a giant slayer, listen to this. You do not need to listen to the giant you're about to slay. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. Come on. You don't need to be listening what the giant is saying. Well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And this is going to happen and that's going to happen. That's the way it's going to be. It's going to be bad. And that's the way it works in our culture. But, but it was pretty ugly back then. You know, he was punching the faith accelerator. But look what happens in verse 42. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. So, in other words, he's a good-looking young man. And now, at this point, I have a feeling, I think Goliath was really ugly, dude, because he, that's pointed out there. Uh, so he, was, he, was, he was just, he's like one of those just, from the movies. You know, like every Goliath that you ever see, isn't it as a handsome, nice guy? No, he's ugly. So this, I, I just have a feeling that's part of it, because he despised him. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> Can I just tell you something? 
When you are clothed in worship and praise and the word of God, you just glow. You glow. It's not even about your physical stature or appearance. You're just glowing with the goodness of God. That's a whole other sermon. Look at this. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Oh, and I think that's kind of interesting because he had one stick. So already David's going, this, guy, this guy's seeing double here. He, I, already God's working because he can't figure out what's going on. He's, he's seeing, he's seeing like I'm carrying a bunch of sticks. I got myself a stat. <laughs> David's like, see, all of a sudden the lies are coming. You know what? I'll just, oh, come on, I'll just say it again. The, the, the giant will even twist things and throw out lies to you to try to get you to believe it. I'm sure David went, no, this is just my staff, you know, sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. What I think is interesting there is he tells him, come over here and get in front of me. Does, does David run up right into his face and do that? Not quite, not quite. You see, to the onlooker, again, this is not a pretty picture. This is a pretty ugly situation. But David, who had eyes of faith, and he was accelerating his faith, he let those threats just bounce right off of him. He, he, he just simply chose, I'm going to tune that stuff out. Church, don't fear that disease. Don't fear that occupational situation. Don't fear that instructor. Don't fear that giant. Instead, have a holy fear of God, and God will help you to overtake the threats of the enemy. Here's another one of these giant slayer principles right here. By faith, verbalize your victory over the giant. You need to. Verbalize your victory over the giant. Let it come out of your mouth. There's something about declaring faith out loud. I don't understand it, but it works, and it's very powerful, and it does take guts, and if you do it out loud uh, in a certain setting, people might think you're weird, and and, and the giant's just going to keep mocking you, and, oh, it's going to be bad. I just can't speak in faith. No, you need to begin declaring in faith. Declare in faith. Declare in faith. Verbalize it. Look at verse 45. David said to the Philistine, Okay, but, but you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, David will deliver. Wait, no, does it say that? Okay, come on, come on. Who gets, the, who gets the glory? Who gets the honor? The Lord. The Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the, carcass, give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who are gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. Get that. It is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Don't wait to claim victory until after the battle. No, th- th- that's, that's no fun. I mean, that's no good. I mean, right now, faith, faith is about shouting the victory before you've even started the battle in the middle of the taunting. You need to shout at your giant. You know, some of you need to shout oppression in Jesus' name. You're coming down. Debt, in Jesus' name, you're not going to be my master. Confusion, you have defied the armies of the living God. Get out in Jesus' name. Fear, 
You're not going to control me anymore. You're not allowed in my household. Get out in Jesus' name. Those are some of those things you got to begin to address. And I believe that it, it is as you have said it. Like, yeah, Pastor, but I'm not very strong right now. All right. Well, Scripture says I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. So just say, God, God, I, I, I could use a little bit of that strength. He said, but, but Pastor, you understand. I'm weary. It's just been a battle. I'm weary. Yeah, actually, I do understand. I do get that. But the scripture also says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, that he gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. So everybody gets tired, in other words. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Hope in the Lord. Hope that's, that's a touch like about faith. You're going to hope in God. You're going to trust in God. You're going to renew that strength. You will soar on wings like eagles. You will run, and you're not going to get weary. You're going to walk, and you're not going to pass out. That's God's word. My hope is in the Lord. I will renew my strength. I will soar on wings like eagles. I'm going to keep running, and I'm not going to get weary. God is giving strength to me. God is with me. My faith is in Him. This final principle on becoming a giant slayer is this. Don't just think about it. Don't just talk about it, but take action. Don't, you've, you've got to take action. You've, you've got to take action been a pastor, been in ministry work all my life since my dad, mom brought me into this world and they put me in the front row of a church. <laughs> and I know this much, I've seen through the years that one challenge is that most people simply think about faith. Faith just goes through their head, but that, that's not enough. And then some people will step out and begin declaring it. I'm going to declare this by faith. I'm going to declare this by faith. And that's a huge step forward. But you also have Holy Spirit-inspired action. I'll say it again. Holy Spirit-inspired action as well. Verse 49, <clears throat> reaching into his bag. Look at this. And taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So... David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. So he's dead already. And David ran and stood over him. <laughs> you can imagine that side. He took, the Phil he took Goliath's sword and drew it from its sheath. And he did something there. He, he, after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. That's kind of gross. But that's what they would do back in those days to say, well, I've conquered. I know some of you are like, oh, well, we can't do this faith thing now because they have to cut off somebody's head. No, you don't. Okay, just chill, all right? But you need to cut off the head of the enemy, you know. And I love it. And then the Philistines, they got scared. And they turned and ran. Get this. You can sing about your faith, pray about your faith, shout about your faith, believe with faith, talk about with your faith, but God requires action. For example, with your finances. You need to pay your bills. You need to call your creditors. You need to look for extra income. You need to decrease your expenses and tithe and get people praying for you. Get some godly wisdom. If it's sickness or disease, you need to go to the doctor. You need to accept the treatment the doctor gives you. Ask for prayer. And, and, and you know, we should never have some people up here, our elders up here, ready to pray with people, but nobody's wanting to receive prayer. I mean, come and get prayer. Like, pray for me. 
I don't want to tell anybody what my problem is. Say, you don't. Just like, pray for me. I got problems. Like, okay, good. We all do. Relationship. Seek reconciliation. Get prayer. Get some counseling. Forgive them. Release your offense. Build a bridge. Maybe it's occupational. You need to start searching for that job. You need to get, get the education that you need. Uh, learn to honor the boss that you're currently working for. God says, actually, that's a key right there. See God as your provider and also be bold enough to speak truth on the job. Go ask someone for wisdom is a really important part of this. James 2.17 says, faith if it's not accompanied by action, is what? Dead. It's dead. It's dead. Faith, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. And I want this to be a house of faith. We're going to pray. Many of you have already taken this faith accelerator challenge. If you haven't yet, do it today on the City Life app before you go. But I want us to pray. We're going to pray with faith. So just first of all, with everyone... With your eyes focused on the Lord, I'm going to ask you, if there's anyone in this room where sin is in your heart, you're not serving God, you're not a Christian, and you know you need to break that today, and you know you, know you need to give your life to Jesus. To count of three, I want you to lift your hand, because I want to connect my faith with yours. Leave the lights up. That helps me out. Thank you, guys. Uh, but uh, just, uh, I, I want you to be able to believe God for that miracle for yourself also to be saved, to have the miracle of eternity. And if that's you at the count of three, lift your hand. I want to connect my faith with you. One, two, three. Lift your hand. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Hi, this is one of those days where everybody in the house is a believer. So I want you right now to picture that giant and know what it is. And it's time. It is time. It is time for you to begin to address that darkness in Jesus' name. I would like for you to stand all across this room. Come on, stand all across this room. Come on, stand all across this room. And band, come on up here to the platform because it's time to do this. It's time to knock it out. First of all, I want to pray for you, God. I just pray that a spirit of faith arises in everyone's heart, that, that you will give each person in this room, each person who's watching online, the, 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 the wisdom to punch the faith accelerator and stop hitting the brakes, that we're going to get in the flow of what God's doing and that miracles are going to come to pass. And God, I just pray that, that, that you will not only hear, but you will answer and you will respond. I pray, God, that you will give people unique signs and show them that you are on their side, that you're working with them. And even if we don't see the signs, we're going to lean on the Word of God anyway because the Word of God is truth. God cannot and will not lie. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I pray for miracles. Come on, right now I want you to begin praying for your miracles. Pray for your miracles. Pray for your miracles. Pray for your miracles. Address those miracles in the name of Jesus. You're coming down. Come on, just begin to pray. We pray for those miracles. Come on, guys, just swell on the instruments here. Let's just pray. Let's play. Yes, come on. Come on, just, just begin to pray. Address those giants. Stop mocking God's people. Giants, you stop mocking God's people. Saints of the living God, declare by faith. Stand up against that giant. You are not too puny. You are not too weak because you're encompassed. You're in, you're, you're in throne with the power of God. God is with you. God is walking with you. God is going to see you through this in Jesus' name. God is going to see you through this in Jesus' name. You're, it is according to your faith, according to your faith. Let that move from micro faith to average faith to great faith. Let it be according to your faith. It will 
done in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. And you're the one who receives the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, come on. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.